I want to share some thoughts today about how God speaks to us and even uses us to speak to others. The other night I was awakened with the words, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. That went through my mind all night long. Do you ever have something like that happen? In, in the middle of the night, this kept going through my mind, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. And then a day or two later, Pastor Chris came and said, hey, would you preach Sunday? And I said, sure, and I think I know what the Lord wants me to talk about. He wants me to talk about desiring earnestly spiritual gifts. And the thing is that God still speaks. He wants to speak to us, and He wants to speak through us to other people. The basic way that God speaks to us is through His Word. Aren't you thankful for the Word of the Lord? Every day I trust that you're pouring it into your life and you're making it a part of who you are. It's in the Bible that He tells us that He loves us. It's in the Bible that He tells us of His plan for our individual lives. He teaches us how to keep jobs. He teaches us how to handle money. He teaches us how to be married. He teaches us how to raise children. It's amazing how many people want to know how to do those things, and they go all types of places, and all they have to do is pick up their Bible. It's right there how to do all of those things. So that's why we're concerned. That's why you hear us talking all of the time about read your Bible, get into the Word. God uses preaching and teaching to speak to us. This morning, preachers all around the world are preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God speaks to non-Christians. He speaks to Christians in this way. This morning, is, it's my prayer that God is speaking to you as I preach the Word. Another main way that God speaks to us is through His Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit is continually speaking to us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in our spirit. I have said for years that the Holy Spirit speaks to you in your knower. Now, I've never seen an organ that, that they've uh, designated as being your knower, but I believe that you have a knower within you. And that God comes and He begins to speak to you and you know things in your knower. You know it in your knower. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 10, there's a list of gifts that the Holy Spirit gives for the common good of the body. And some of these are given specifically to speak to us. Read along. It's on your sheet that you have there. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, the distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. In verse 8, we see the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Words. In verse 10, we see prophecy, various kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And these are all words, and these are all ways that God speaks to us. You know, there are those who say that God no longer speaks to us today. They say that when the Bible was finished and written, God quit talking to us. Well, I don't believe that's correct. 1 Corinthians 13 
8 to 10 is where they take their belief from. They say, love never fails. So the fruit of the Spirit, they never fail. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there's knowledge, it will be done away with. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. And those who do not believe that that God still speaks to us, they take uh, what verse 10 refers to as that which is being perfect. And they say when the perfect comes, all these other things don't need to exist any longer. And they believe that Jesus was perfection, and when he came, all of those other things no longer exist. And I want to just say to them, well, you know what? You're just proving that some of that is right because knowledge being gone, you don't have any knowledge when it comes to this. Think about it. And I I hate to tell you, I don't live in a perfect world. My wife is not perfect. Come on, you're supposed to laugh. I'm not perfect. Oh, there I get all the amens in the room. Perfection has not yet arrived. And because perfection has not yet arrived, we still need knowledge and wisdom and and words from the Lord to direct us and to guide us. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 says, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And Paul here says that God wants us to earnestly desire these gifts. He says we're to really, really, really want them. We should really, really, really want prophecy. What Pastor Kay did this morning when she said, I think I have a word from the Lord to share. We should really, really want that to happen. Do you want God to speak to you? You should. It should be something that you really want. This morning, while I was in the park doing my 3.3 miles this morning, there was a guy standing on the tennis court all by himself, And so I yelled over at him, hey, did your partner cut out on you? Because I saw him on his phone for a while, and you know, I saw him as I was coming through the park, and he yelled, yeah, I guess he cut out on me. And as I turned and went to continue on in my run, the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to know that I will never cut out on you. I want you to know that I will never forget about our appointment. I want you to know that I will be there always for you. And the Holy Spirit says that to us today. Do you know the Holy Spirit still speaks? And I don't know about you, but I need that. I need Him to remind me. He's not going to cut out on me. I've had the Lord speak to me many, many times. One time He said, turn here. I was driving the car. I had no intentions of turning. He said, turn here. And I thought, Okay, sounds like the Lord. So I turned, and when I did, I looked back, and there was an accident occurred right where I would have been. When I was in college, I was helping a farmer deliver a new calf. We had the cow tied in the corner of a, a, a fence this way, a fence this way, and we had her tied to the corner. We got the truck pulled up behind her, took a block and tackle. He reached inside the cow, got the calf's hoofs, brought it out. We hooked it up, and with a come-along, we pulled the calf out. And when it hit the ground, the Holy Spirit said to me, I will give new life in this place. Uh, 
God, uh, you just did. There's new life in this place. A few years later, however, a church called me and said, did you used to work on a farm in South Springfield? I said, yeah. They said, would you talk to the farmer? We cannot find property for our new church building any place. And so I called the farmer and talked to him, and I talked him into talking to them, and they started talking to him, and pretty soon they had purchased eight acres of land. The next time I went to Springfield, Missouri, I drove out there, and guess what? There was a new church building on that property. Guess what the name of the new church was? Come on, help me. New Life! I walked into that sanctuary, and I walked over, and I calculated where the pulpit was in that place, and it was right where that calf had come out of that cow and landed on the ground. God wants to speak to us. He's not finished. One Saturday night, as I was praying, getting ready to preach, the next morning, the Lord said to me, I'm going to heal this lady, named her by name. She had cancer. I said, uh, okay. So the next morning in the middle of the service, I said, Lou, would you stand up? The Lord says he heals you today. You know, was I real confident of that? How many know when the Lord speaks, sometimes you're going, Lord, you don't, don't let me be out here hanging. And she goes, Ooh! she got so excited, she stood up on her seat. And I said, Lou, you go home, and this week you get checked by a doctor. She went, and the doctor checker could not find cancer in her body at all. It was gone. The Lord had healed her. He had spoken that to me the Saturday night, the day before. And it produced faith in the congregation. Let me give you one more. Kay and I were in Springfield, Missouri, watching your pastor, Pastor Chris, play basketball. I get this call from this guy, and so I stepped out into the parking lot, and he says, I still want to buy your building. I believe the Lord wants a daycare center in your building. I said, sorry, I, you know, you want me to pay for your daycare. you got to pay me for the building. Well, I don't have any money. Well, great, thanks. You know, I hung up, but I guess folded it up then, and um, the Lord said to me, I do want a daycare in that building. I said, oh no, oh no, God wants a daycare in that building. I had started a daycare a number of years earlier in Lima, Ohio, and I had made a promise to myself, and I had verbalized it to people, I will never again start a daycare. And the Lord is saying, I want a daycare in the building. And I just told that guy, I'm not selling him the building. And so I, re I realized what the Lord was saying. God wanted me to start a daycare in that building. And today, we have 280 kids that are in this building over here. We have 280 kids that are over there every day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and we have the privilege of telling them about Jesus. That daycare is our best evangelistic outreach into this wealthy community. That daycare provides thousands and thousands of dollars which we, with which we can support missions. Why? Because God still speaks. I want a daycare in that building. Do you want God to speak to you?
Have you seen some of the positive things that I have described from God speaking? Do you want God to speak to you? He says in verse 1, 1 Corinthians 14, desire earnestly, pursue, love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy or give words. To desire earnestly is like a deer that has been chased by, by dogs, miles, and the deer's lungs are on fire. They're burning. It needs a drink so badly that it'll do anything to get to the water. And God says that's how we should long for His Holy Spirit. That's how we should long for God to speak to us. That's how we should long for God to speak through us to other people. David said in Psalm 42.1, As the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. See, that's the degree that we should have for God to speak to us. That's the degree of desire that we should have to speak for God. We should have this craving. We should have this longing. What is included in God speaking to us? What's the content when we speak? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, gives us what the content should be. But one who prophesies speaks to men. Here's the speaking, telling others, for edification, exhortation, and consolation. See, when God speaks, the, one of those three things should happen. There should be edification, there should be exhortation, or there should be consolation or comfort. What is edification? Edification means to build up. It comes from the word edifice or building. I don't get to preach very often, and I guess I have enough stuff here to preach three sermons. You'll take one. Oh, thanks, Ken. I feel better. Let me just tell you, any time a word comes, there ought to be something that builds us up. It ought, to be, it ought to build us up. At home today, you can read those different passages about what edification is. In 2 Corinthians 10, 13, read those at home. What is exhortation? Exhortation is to speak instruction to. It's to give direction. It may even give correction. We need the Lord to instruct us, to direct us, to correct us. Now, anytime there's a word of exhortation, it also carries the idea of nearness. When God corrects us through a word, there's going to be a nearness that God is there with us. It's like He's got His arm around us. And so when He corrects us, it's not like Him putting, pointing His finger at us and poking us in the chest. It's like Him with His arm around us, encouraging us to get this thing right in our lives. And if God comes and says, you need to pray more, it's because He knows that we need that in our lives and He's there encouraging us. Come on, let's do this. And thus, exhortation is not condescending. It's not speaking down to others. It's a word that wants to be near and help us and not put us down. What is consolation? It's to console or comfort someone in times of disappointment and loss. Consolation is God whispering into our spirits His comfort and His care. Consolation or comfort is for those that are deeply discouraged, they're despondent, and God speaking 
to us through prophecy comes to remind us that in the heartbreaks of life, Jesus is there. In the heartbreak of your life, Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit never leaves you. He's in you, comforting you. Sometimes God speaking to us is directly to us as individuals. Sometimes it's through another individual. Why would God speak to us through another individual? Why does God use preaching? Because there's just something about me reading it all the time, the Lord and me alone, that when another brother begins to speak the word to me, it it causes me to pay better attention. It causes me to hear things I didn't hear before. When the Holy Spirit speaks to me directly, that's wonderful, but there are times when you need a Pastor K, you need someone to come and speak the word, and it causes you to say, hey, God's speaking in a special way. It draws your attention to it. You know, sometimes we need another person to get us to recognize what God is saying to us. And again, God wants to speak to us. Again, God says desire for him to speak to us. Let me say this. All of us are responsible to participate in this. It's not to be left for just one or two people that they give words They tell us what they think the Holy Spirit is saying. We are all responsible for this to happen. And notice that in the church setting, God speaking is not just for those already following Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 24 and 25. They're on the bottom of the back of your page. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he's convicted by all. So in other words, when these words are given, it brings conviction. He's called to account by all, and the secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. See, prophecy ought to bring conviction. It ought to bring conversion. You know, when people come in and they say, the guy's up front, they get paid to do that. But it's different when someone that's a part of the congregation, they begin to step forward, and they begin to step forward, and another steps forward, and another steps forward, and they say, thus saith the Lord, this is what God is saying. All of a sudden, those who are not followers of Jesus, those who are not believers, all of a sudden they say, it's not just the guys up front. And it causes people to come to Jesus as Lord and Savior. You know, how, how do we develop this? The gifts of, this, of the Spirit, the ability to speak for God, it has to be cultivated. It begins with a willingness. It begins with desire. I want to do that. Okay, here's, here's uh, a qualifier. If, you, if you're going to leave this morning, you have to raise your hand to this. We're not going to let you out unless you raise your hand. How many want God to speak to you? Hey, everybody gets to go home. How many want God to speak through you? Wow. You got to be in God's Word. Got to be spending time in prayer. You got to spend time listening. You know, you can't hear God speak to you for you to speak for Him if you're not listening. Give Him time. 
Don't always have a radio blaring. Don't always have a television going. Don't always have your fingers on the keys playing, you know, bubbles or whatever you're playing. Spend time listening and then be expectant. Expect God to speak to you. And then look for opportunities to step out in faith. Would you all stand? Ken says, be careful what you ask for, for you shall receive it. I believe that. I told you about how I thought, you know, I'd love to have a motorcycle again. I w- that wasn't a prayer. I, I don't even know that I mentioned it to Kay. I did a couple times, okay. And all of a sudden, somebody gives me a motorcycle. I believe for a Christian, even those wishes can actually be prayers. And what I'd like you to do, I I know this is totally crazy, but would you sort of move around and get where there's maybe eight or ten people? Uh, you, You don't have to get real close, just sort of get near where there's other people. So, you know, you guys here walk over with that group, and you guys there walk over with that group, and just sort of group up. No, no lone strangers. And Lord, right now I pray for these as they gather in groups. I pray that you give words. You put within these, you put a spiritual gift. You put a supernatural word in somebody's heart to give to that group. Father God, as these groups are gathered all over the sanctuary today, I pray for a supernatural word that you're not going to cut out on them. Let there be a word that speaks. Let this become a pattern. Let this become a pattern. Um, Desire this. When When you come to church on a Sunday morning, Come primed. Come ready. There may be a pre-Christian sitting next to you that needs you. You don't go, Yea, behold, thus saith the Lord. You, you just walk over and you just say, Hi, and you give something that the Lord may have put in your heart. But desire this. Like, like a deer that's craving for water. The apostle said, Let this be a desire in your heart. 1 Corinthians 14, 40, it says, Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. Do not forbid to speak in tongues. Come with a tongue. You say, well, they didn't do it last week, and they didn't do it the week before. We still want that. It's still here. And then he says, but all things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. Too many churches want it all done properly, but they don't want to do it. Okay, And so I want to encourage you, let all things be done. Let's do this. We can bring correction, and I've given you a sheet that you can take home, and it's a way for it to be done correctly here at the church. Take that and read it, and let the Lord give you the direction. But this needs to be done. God needs to speak to you. He's going to speak to you. Are you going to relay it? Are you going to be a repeater of it? Are you going to repeat it to other people? Let me just pray for us today. Father, I pray that we're a people that when you speak to us, we're willing to speak to others. We're willing to speak in the local church. We're willing to speak on the street. And may these words, 
when you speak to us. May it not just be confined to this building. May it be something that occurs in our car on the way home. May it be something that occurs at our dinner table. May it be something that occurs in our small group. We want to hear you, and then we want to repeat. We want to speak for you to our world. We desire this. We long for this. So, Lord, we give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. How many are excited about going out into the foyer? You know why? Because this shouldn't just happen in a group here. This ought to happen as we go into the foyer and as we're spending time out there greeting people, loving on people, going to our homes. It ought to be something that when we go down the hall to pick up our kids, we're speaking. God still speaks, and He wants to speak through you. So be careful what you watch. Be careful what you talk about. Be careful what you listen to. Savor the presence of Jesus. Love all of you. Thanks for being here today. Pray for the Marysville launch even yet.